Phantasm. Maximum Terror. That's your target audience, baby! Phantasm. You know something? I sort of enjoyed it. Phantasm. Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Sell the metal! What the fuck is up? And welcome to Phantasm Podcast. I am Corey Gorkreist. With me, Dr. Vincent West. What's going on, man? How are you? <laughs> Good. Uh, we got the the Chucky Goo to start off this from the, the second film. Goo. The Good Guys Goo and Blood. It's a really fucking nice scene. Uh, direction from Jack Bender. On this, Doctor, what is the film we got? So we're watching Child's Play through. End of Summer Blues got you down? <laughs> well, you're in luck, because here comes the Chuck. No, you're dead. We killed you. Wrong again, wimp. Chucky's back, and this time, he's looking for a new recruit. Just think, Chucky's going to be a bro. Play 3. Rated R. Starts tomorrow at theaters everywhere. Which I will now say, even before we watch this, last year, props to my co-host here, Corey was like, hey, I bought this cool figure from Scream Factory. I also got, if I'm not mistaken, 1, 2, and 3 in 4K. Yeah, it was the box set, so the pre-order bonus was that little NECA figure from the part two where he's like charred and just the... Or as you like so, to call the Cuckoo Rancho Chucky doll. Correct. And it was I gotta cool. say, if I'm being honest, and I remember seeing this movie uh, at the theater, and this movie is actually it's actually aged pretty damn well. Um, two is still my favorite. It's Corey's favorite, but I, I this is my second favorite. Yeah, it's very good. I'd have to agree too. This is my second favorite. I loved it as a kid. I was in Boy Scouts, so I always thought that was like military school, and so I was kind of like Andy in this film. I was. It was very. He was, he was very relatable, you know, to me in this. It's really weird. It's because, and I, I remember seeing this. Is this movie ninety three? Ninety one. Oh, ninety one. Excuse yeah. me. So, shit. I remember seeing this. God, I wish I could think of the name of that theater. It oh, was a, it was a, I forgot it was about a that. United Artists Theater that I saw this in. I forgot Andrew Robinson is in this. Amazing. Oh, yeah, that's right. He is in this. So there's a Star Trek. Oh, here's another fun fact Hellraiser. about this. And I actually, um, I've never done this when we were recording. I'm actually going to turn my video on just for a second so I can actually show... Corey, not only do I have this in 4K, but I've never fucking opened it. It is it's weird. 
like I made this big deal about getting this movie and the second one after you bought that thing. I did not get part one. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I didn't get part one. I just didn't, for whatever reason, I didn't buy it. But real quick, I know y'all can only hear this. You can't see it, but you'll uh, just have to trust me that I'm telling you the truth. I absolutely love this intro, too. It's one of my favorite, like, horror intros to a movie is just the... There it is. It's still sealed. Oh, nice. Yeah, all mine are still sealed, too. Oh, okay, so I don't feel like an asshole. Nope, I'm not opening them. Speaking of sealed, look. Hello, hello, hello. hello. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yep, The Return of Living Dead. God, this um, intro is raunch, but I love it. I don't know why I've never opened those. I haven't either. Like, I really haven't. I've had them almost a fucking year, and and they're about to put the rest of them out. Screen Factory isn't 4K. Yeah, I'm going to buy the shit out of those, too. I'm going to buy Bride of Chucky, at least. I like that movie. You know, those straight-to-video ones are actually not that bad. Either. I haven't watched them. The last one I watched was, I think, uh... Oh, shit. I guess it was Seed and of Chucky? And may or may not surprise you, I actually think the show is pretty good. And I haven't checked that out yet, either. It's pretty good. Yeah. Not because I haven't wanted to, I just, it always slips my mind. Is, is it this movie? No. But is it pretty good? Yeah. You like Chucky doing the normal Chucky shit, then yeah. It's probably not very disappointing. But, but yeah, I haven't opened mine either. I mean, that's why you have streaming stuff, so I can just watch it on here. You know, I do want to see what the 4K looks like, but... I just thought you'd get a kick out of it because I bought it, and then I was just like, well, and then I never watched. <laughs> yeah, so I can't tell, like, can't tell you what the print actually looks like. I'm sure they look great. but Is this old dude still alive? Because I love him. I don't know. I'm betting he's dead. I have no idea. We're about to find out. We can start doing the uh, little tidbits of this film here. So it's written by Don Mancini, of course, and directed by Jack Bender. Jack Bender has directed a lot of, like, more fairly recently uh, TV episodes. He directed Lost, Sopranos. He directed a couple episodes of Game of Thrones that I really like, so that's pretty cool. Weird. Yeah, like the the door episode in season six of Game of Thrones, I believe. Oh, man, you got me into that show. I fucking love that show. It's great. I think that's what season it is. But, um... I don't remember it's been so fucking long since I've seen that. Because I didn't go back and watch all of it. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't even think there is a, yeah, the sixth season. So, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, he's directed a lot of episodes of that kind of shit. And, uh, he did, uh, Beverly Hills 90210. He did three episodes of that. Fucking awesome. What year did he do those? Uh, 1990. This is before this. That's awesome. So he's been a TV director pretty much since this movie, actually. He was a TV director before that. Actually, from the looks of this, besides like TV movies, this looks like one of the only actual just straight-up theatrical films he's he's uh, directed. Everything else has been television. Which interesting. Is, it is interesting. Let me turn this fan off. Hang on a second. This thing is going crazy. That would be weird, though. Yeah. Be like, what are you, are you all right? 
All right. So. I, well, it was just like I'm just trying to figure out on a side note. I know that we should do this on podcast, but it's like why why every day when you're moving out it has to be a party at someone's house. But well, I'm not worried about it. Anyway, um, it's that or Peyton Manning. Good night. <laughs> films written by Don Mancini, directed by Jack Bender. Brad Dorf once again reprises his role as Chucky from the previous films. The new cast members include John Wyland, Perry Reeves, and Jeremy uh, Silvers. Although released only nine months after Child's Play 2, the story takes place eight years after the following after eight years following the events of the film and one month before the events of Bride of Chucky. I did not know that. Which Weird. was made, I didn't know that either. Which was made seven years later. It was executive produced by David Kirshner, who produced the first two Child's Play films, and he also created The Doll. Um, came out August 30th, 1991. Budget of $13 million, made 20.5. Did very well. 90s were still rocking and rolling with horror. Uh, here's, here's a weird thing about 91. Biggest disappointment at the theater that year, Alien 3. My favorite surprise, but I knew it was going to be good from the trailers. Fucking Point Break, my favorite yeah. movie of that year, I think. And by the way, Point Break is actually streaming on here, kids, if y'all would like to watch it. And I found this very interesting. Guess who's the sponsor of having Point Break on Tubi to, to show it in its high-definition goodness? Who's that? Shout Factory, which means I wonder if we're going to get a Point Break Shout Select 4K. I would like to bet that you will. There's a side note and not related to them. That is... Thank you. I think this is a Sony 4K I saw a thing for. They're putting out, uh, I still know what you did last summer. Uh, nice. On 4K, and that's a Sony release. Nice. Um, let's see. It received mixed and negative reviews from critics and disappointed at the box office, grossing only 20.5 against a budget of $13 million. Like I said, any third film of a horror franchise is not going to do very well, unless you're named Friday the 13th. Uh, it's the only one that really can do that well, you, figure that, you know and i would be interested and maybe we can do this on this on this episode i don't know if this is too much of an undertaking for you and i to try to do this we'll but look at all the threes and see what it did well no what i was gonna well what i was well that's actually sounds fun too i didn't even think oh i was actually gonna take us further than that i've got money that says friday the 13th did better than nightmare on elm street yeah, I mean, even as popular as the third film is, I don't know if it did as well in that than the third Friday in theaters. I really don't know that answer. Uh, I mean, even if it did, what I'm saying, though, I'm saying between the eight OG as opposed to the six Freddies, I don't, I have tried, and look, Corey and I love Freddy Krueger, but but I'm just saying, I would be I would be amazed if those things made more money. Than- no, they didn't. There's no way. Uh, let's see. I mean, they did. I don't, I've never done the box office. But Corey and I are going to be doing something very soon um, where we are going to be visiting something for you guys eight times. Hell yeah. Uh, the film became notorious in the United Kingdom when it was suggested it might have inspired the real-life murders of British children James Bolger and Suzanne Capper, suggestions rejected by officers investigating both cases. Um, so this is Mr. Sullivan here, so we're going to see who plays Mr. Sullivan, and if he's still kicking. I'm saying he's toast. So you, your verdict is toast, I'm honestly not sure. I'm not saying because I want that, I actually like this actor because, <clears throat> this is going to sound really weird, he was in an 18 episode that I really liked. 
His name was Peter Haskell, and he died in 2010. Yep. 75. I thought so. That's crazy. And he was, you know, he was in the second film also, the CEO. But he oh, yeah, he's the, yeah, he's the guy from the fucking... And he gets knocked oh, off. It's just depressing to see that kind of shit. Now, Jeremy Silvers, that plays Tyler in this movie, loved him. <clears throat> so let's see. Before we go into the trivia of this, let's try to do the uh, the three before we forget to do that. Let's see. Friday the 13th, box I'm office, versus Nightmare. I'm betting, I'm betting you money. He is in an episode of the A-Team in season one. And you want to hear the weird thing about it is if I'm right about this, and I could be wrong, but if I'm right about this, Andrew Robinson is in this same episode. Wouldn't that be weird? Yeah. I think you're right. I just saw that. Where was it? Okay, I was wrong, but I was right. He is in the A-team, but he's not in the episode there. But he is in the A-Team. He was in The Fall Guy, which I fucking loved. He was in Love Boat. There you go. (laughs) Okay, so this is... So this is interesting. This is just overall... Fantasy Island. Charlie's Angels. This isn't doing the three films but it's doing just the overall horror franchises and the money they made as this dude's being strangled to death by a fucking yo-yo which is amazing ah! this is great old mr Chucky looks funny right there he's like <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny chucky doesn't scare me if he started trying to attack me i would just start laughing and run yeah because he'd be talking shit too it's funny it's funny um the Friday the 13th series, when compared to the other top-grossing American horror series, Nightmare on Elm Street, Child's Play, Halloween, Saw, Scream, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and adjusting for 2023 inflation, is second at the domestic box office with $908.4 million total. Who's number one, Scream? Halloween is the highest-grossing horror series at approximately $1.9 billion. That's actually annoying. Does a lot of that have to do with the Rob Zombie films? I would like to think yes, unfortunately, but that that has to be why. Well, here, no, well, look, let's let's talk about this. Those second. movies didn't make that much money. But here's here's the reality, <clears throat> and and because of the newer ones too. I don't watch the Scream stuff, so I'm leaving that out of this conversation. But but for me, because I have watched the Saw movies, um, I, I thought that Saw reboot was awful. Spiral. Oh, I, I haven't watched it. Oh, oh, it's Spiral. Fucking, it's fucking, yeah, it's spiral. fucking terrible. But yeah, I wasn't really a big fan of. Spiral. But here's the thing: I thought Jigsaw was great, and the Saw movies are fine. I don't have any problem with it. But here's, but here's the thing: I, I, I don't know, man. For my bang for my buck, you know, it's still Friday the Thirteenth. Well, of it's course, like, but but here's what you have to figure about the. I like Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> I love Freddy, but. 
part two is my favorite movie. Like the other movies, if I never see them again, that's okay. So here's here's the first one's, here. the first one's fun. But but I, I love part two. Part two, I think part three is overrated. I think part four is kind of hokey, <clears throat> and part five and six are just stupid. But here's why um, here's why it's ahead of Friday Thirteenth. There's been like what four or five other films, whereas Friday Thirteenth hasn't had a film since two thousand nine. Six or seven, if we're counting the zombie stuff. So you get the two the two Rob movies. zombies, and then the three. And then those goddamn Reboots. Danny McBride ones. I mean, those are those are fucking. Well, that's what I'm saying. There's been and like, I five. Corey and I love him as a comedian, but as the Halloween series, it's kind of like. But there's but, been there's been five more Halloween movies since you know if we're counting like oh nine or whatever. There's the two Rob Zombie movies, and then there's the three new ones. All those made a lot of money. I want to also say this real quick. So, if to it defend w- Friday the 13th, not to you, but to America and, and Canada and Europe and France and Japan and whoever's listening to us, Australia, I just want to say this. The 2009 Friday the 13th movie is incredible. I love great. it. I'll defend it till I'm dead. It, it's fun. It's quick. It's easy. It's over. It's done. And I hate that it didn't get a sequel. I actually thought the movie was a lot of fun. Well, they've had all that fiasco with Victor Miller and all that. Oh, and by the way, side note, while we're talking about Friday 13th, got to throw this out there. Gun Media has finally lost the rights to that video game. Yeah. And in 2024, it is shut down completely. It will not even work. Yep. It's just done. I read that the other day somewhere. I don't know if you saw that. It sounds like you did. That's awful. Well, here's the thing. Another company is going to put a Friday the 13th game out. I don't know what type of game it's going to be, but it's getting put out because apparently, supposedly now... uh, There's Andrew Robinson. Yeah, it is. A badass. But anyway, but yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens. By the way, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game comes out in August. Rightfully uh, so. And anyone that would like to buy that for me... (laughs) Because it's, I love Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I need to run around going. Uh, so, let's see. It is followed by Nightmare on Elm Street series, which is seven hundred ninety-three point five. Scream, interesting. Scream series is in fourth with seven hundred and seventy-nine point five. Wow. Followed by Saw six hundred eighty-eight point three. Wow. Texas Chainsaw four fifty-nine point seven, and wow. chi- and Child's Play to round it out with uh, three point. Yeah, 305.2. The, fi- the financial su- success has extended to home release with more than 5 million DVDs sold by 2005. Wow. So, I mean, <clears throat> but you figure the numbers, and this is, that actually does show me the budgets here of the Fridays. So, first film was made with 550,000. It made 39 million. Uh, we, can go ahead, wow. we can go ahead and round that up to 40 million. 20 million international. So, or these are the worldwide totals: fifty-nine million, almost sixty million. One point two five was the budget for part two. It made twenty-one point seven million. Um. Wow. Part three, two point five million, made thirty, almost thirty-seven million. I'm just rounding these ones up. Part four, two point six million dollar budget, thirty-three million dollars box office. Part five. Two point two million dollar budget. Twenty one. I will go twenty two million. <laughs> that commercial. <laughs> uh, Jason lives. Budget of three million. Made twenty million. Uh, New blood. Two point eight million dollar budget. Made twenty million. And you know they obviously were going down after that. And part eight. 
five million dollar budget. Well, in part seven's defense, that <clears throat> movie is the one that got butchered by the MPAA. It did. And then part eight, you know, they filmed it in Canada, which should have been cheaper, but it was the New York shots that fucked them on that. So they had a five million dollar budget for that movie and it. It was the lowest grossing of all time of for their franchise made fifteen million. Um uh, still good. And then Jason uh That's one of my favorites. I yeah, love part eight. I do too. Jace uh Three million for Final Friday made sixteen million. Wait a minute, Corey likes a slasher that's in New York. Well, here's the bad, the the worst over under, and this is one I saw in theaters on my brother's birthday. Jason X had a budget of fourteen million dollars, and it made fourteen million. Actually, made under, made thirteen point twelve million. So not even enough to round it up. Freddy versus Jason, a uh, budget of thirty million dollars, and it made eighty three million. That movie was huge. And didn't have Kane Hodder in it, and it was garbage. And then uh, the 2009 film, $19 million budget, made $65 million. What about Jason Goes to Hell? How did it do? Oh, that one was $3 million budget and made about $16 million. So it still did fairly. It did okay. Oh. Definitely not that good, but it's... I, you know, that thing. movie, man, I, I actually think that movie's pretty fun. I don't I don't necessarily... Yeah, that movie should just be called A Friday. But it's like Halloween 3. Right. You know what I mean? So let's see. We're going to look not, at... I'm not saying it's as good as Halloween 3. I'm just saying it's... So let's compare the if, threes. If, if, if it had been called something else, I think it would have be more renowned. Right. Well, we're going to compare the threes now, so I'm going to make a note of this. So just remember, Friday the 13th Part 3 made $37 million Okay. On a $2.7 million budget. Uh, now we're going to click on Nightmare on Elm Street. We're going to go down to box office here, if we can find it on here. I'll be... Dream Warriors? Yep. Okay. It's the only reason I've... It's possible it made a lot more money than I'm thinking, but... I, I don't know, to be honest. References. Of course, it's not going to tell me. Let's see. I'll just have to click on the third one. The, the, the cool thing about Friday the 13th that actually showed each movie down on the list of like box office numbers whereas this one I'm going to have to dig awesome. I'm going to have to dig for this one All right Wow Dream Warriors gets the big fat old edge on this by quite a bit but their right. but their budget was higher so on a budget of what 2.7 million I said Friday 13th part 3 made uh I I've forgotten like thirty six million or something like that. Well no, you said thirty nine, so I'm rounding it to forty million. No, it made thirty seven million total. Thirty thirty six point six nine, so I'm already rounding it up to thirty seven. But uh okay. Dream Warriors on a budget of around four to six million made uh forty five million. So yes, it, uh, it received mostly positive reviews critics to be one of the best films in the Elm Street series. I think the second one's better, but I do like that one. And the second one made thirty million, whereas Fire the Thirteenth Part Two made twenty-two million. So I mean, they were a lot more popular in the box office. Here's the thing that but, we're also comparing movies. The Friday Thirteenth thing was already well established before Nightmare on Elm Street. <clears throat> well, that's what I'm saying. It was a new thing because you figure there You've was got like it's like new Coke and classic Coke. That, you know. Well, you also it's figure. And, and, and I want to say this too, because and and I'm just being completely honest about this. 
as much as I love John Carpenter, I do not and have never thought Michael Myers was scarier or more dangerous than, than Jason Voorhees. Yeah. Jason Voorhees is somebody that you could not pay me to fuck with. And I love that it's this summer thing. I don't know why everybody's like, man, I want to watch that Friday 13th marathon on Halloween. It's like, these are not Halloween movies. Yeah. And I don't mean like Halloween the series. I mean like these are not what I consider pumpkin pie, Halloween, and eating candy movies, and it's cold outside. I have never thought of Friday the 13th as a winter franchise. Right. They're a summer franchise, you know. And if I'm not mistaken, you'd have to go look at this. I'm pretty sure a lot of those movies were released in the fucking summer and spring, were they not? They're all summer, yeah. I have, an, so, I have an ad. Oh, shit. I have an ad, too. Like, literally, I went to pause it, and I've got an ad. Good. Um, oh, God, my whole thing just... Oh, there we go, there's the ad. I thought it was going to shit out. So the other thing to consider with the... with the to, And where it's hard to compare these, there was four Friday the 13th films before the first Elm Street. So at this time, you got to figure they're just wanting another horror icon to show up. You're like, well, Jason's cool and all, but we've seen him four times. He's well rounded out in this last film and this film, so it's like we need something different. So eighty four comes out and it's like, hey, here's Nightmare on Elm Street, here's Freddy Krueger. Of course it's gonna make more money because Friday thirteenth paved the way. Helped pave the way. Because before Friday thirteenth, there was Halloween. Before Halloween there was Texas. So it's like, you know, you get all that, they all pave the way for each other and they all help build the franchises, make money, you know. And that's just how it works, I guess. But if I'm being honest, like there, there's something when I go watch, and I don't know why this is, but there's something when I go watch Friday the 13th that I don't get from any of these other franchises. I just don't. Yeah, because he's the ultimate just big slasher with a with a knife in his hand. Okay, right? I'm back on. Do I need to pause? Yes, pause it. I'm on a Swiffer commercial. She's mopping up uh, camp counselor's blood in her in her kitchen clean up dog do on my wood floor i am paused at 2408 okay it's i think it's done i am at 2408 on pause uh halloween three just to put it on here because i said i'm looking up the threes it did uh like 14.4 million that's obvious because it was part three that nobody went and saw which is one of the best films in the whole damn franchise. Let's opinion. talk about that a second, though. Let's talk about Halloween 3 real quick. Is that okay? Yep. And then we'll, I guess, keep so everyone up to speed the with the movies that here. movie has this resurgence of people that are like, this movie's amazing. And it is. Yes, it is. But why is it that I still meet people that will not give me Halloween 3, but they think this, the thing is this cultural revolution? And I'm like... That movie made zero money at the box office. No, it wasn't. It was a hit. No, it was not. No, it was it was a flop. Absolute it was a flop. Bomb. Absolute. It was a fucking bomb. Yep, flop. Conan the Barbarian and E.T. handed the thing its ever loving ass yes, on release. Did. Sure did. So everyone's like, oh, no way, man. It's a masterpiece. No, Escape from New York is a masterpiece. The Fog is a masterpiece. Prince of Darkness is a masterpiece. Big Trouble in Little China may be the best movie he's ever made. Yep. And everyone still comes at me with the thing. Here's the other deal. I don't like body horror. If the thing was a slasher movie, it would be my favorite John Carpenter movie too, but it's not. Right. 
Do I like Keith David and Kurt Russell in it? Yes. Do I like anything else about it other than Wil- Wilford Brimley? He's like, I'll kill you. <laughs> but outside of that, I think the movie's just fine. But I do not feel like masturbating when I watch that film. Everyone just masturbates so hard over that. But nobody, the same people that, that, that are younger than me that love that movie, they will not give me Halloween 3. And I'm like, why? It's weird. I don't know. Halloween um, 3 is brilliant. You cannot sit and tell me that it is not. Mike Myers ain't it. I don't give a shit. That's what made it good. He didn't have to be in it. <laughs> no, <laughs> Who the fuck are you? Uh, to round I out. I will say this. I will say this for the, those that have never spent the money on it. Halloween 3 and 4K. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, I still need to get it because I only oh have the first Lord. two. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Does it look to round crazy. out to round out to these last two on Sorry, this I went off track. Well, last last three three films. Uh Texas Chainsaw 3 made uh 6 million. I mean, obviously. Um Scream you know, Jaws 3 and 3D2. That's a good one. Um cuz it's summer. Uh Scream 3 made 162 million. Just outrageous. God damn. Yeah, that, that those movies made a shit ton of money. Uh, oh, I know, I know. What's, what's the uh, Jaws? We'll do Jaws before we do this last one. No, I've got another one. I've got another one, too. Phantasm 3, Jaws 3, and Psycho 3. Good ones. All right. Thank you. Uh, Jaws that's why, 3. That's why you hired me, kids. Jaws that's th- why I'm on here. Ja- uh, Jaws 3 made $88 million. God damn. Yeah, it's pretty good. Holding it down. I don't think Phantasm really made much money. Um, okay, and let's also defend Phantasm 3 real quick. Love it. I'll let Corey... No, 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 I don't mean that, but it's released. If I'm not mistaken, that movie was only released theatrically in Europe, not in America. Yeah, it had a two-week... America, it was very limited. A two-week theatrical run in two markets in 94, Baton Rouge and St. Louis. So, so we're going to have to look at the international market on it. It doesn't tell me shit. It just says the budget was... Uh, uh, 2.5. Okay, fuck it. Then we're skipping it. Don Coscarelli, we love you. We're just going to give you an honorable mention. We'll do Leprechaun 3 instead. That's good. Let's do that one. Leprechaun 3. Let's see. And I'm throwing one in for myself. It's not horror. You're going to have to do it for me. Okay. This one, again, so must no have had a limited wanted. release because there's no... Yeah, it was it was released direct to video. Leprechaun three was. Yeah. Is that the Vegas one? Yeah, I think so. That's my favorite one. Yeah, that's the Vegas one. Son of a bitch! That's <laughs> my favorite one. It was direct to video. It's got the chick that plays Stretch in it from Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. Yeah, it does. Caroline Williams. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So okay, then I've got another one. <clears throat> Smoking in the Bandit Part three. Okay, let's do the Psycho one first before I forget that one. Sorry. Uh, Psycho 3 might have also been... And I'm not direct. looking this up, kids. These are rattled off the, the doctor's <laughs> brain. I'm just rattling guess, off. Guess when Psycho 3 came out. This is amazing. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Ha, 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 are you asking me the year or the date? No, I'm just, it's more of like just so I can tell you because it's crazy. I have no idea. It came out July 2nd, 1986. My birthday. <laughs> it's awesome. 
You were still chilling in your daddy's sack. Yep, but it was my birthday. Four years later, I'd be hatched on the same day. Um, Jeff Fahey is great in that movie. He is great. Uh, $8.4 million budget, box office, $14.4 million. Not bad. No, it's not. Not for a third. And fun fact for the kids out there, and I'll let you double-check this, double-check my math, um, Anthony Perkins directed that film. Yeah, he did. So... Um, smoking the bandit three. Wow, that did. That is horrible. It's a flop. I know. I love it. Uh, budget of nine million made seven million. Let me tell everybody why that movie did not make money because Burt Reynolds is not in it. Huh. He has a cameo in it, but the movie is about the snowman driving around in the bandit car. Interesting. And he's being chased by Jackie Gleason, which is the shit. Which is why I love. Jackie Gleason is so goddamn badass in that fucking movie. Let's try uh, Return of the Living Dead Part 3. That's got to be straight to video. I yeah, don't know how you're do that one I think it is. Uh, the budget... No, it, it had a box office, so the... Let's see. I'm trying to see the budget here. Oh, I thought of another one, Poltergeist 3. That's good. Uh, the box office, it made $54,000. <laughs> <laughs> goddamn. Goddamn. <clears throat> Okay, before you do that, give me the budget on Escape from the Planet of the Apes. That's the third Planet of the Apes. Okay, I got another one too. Uh, Hellraiser three. Let's see that. Fucking love that movie. Uh, Twelve point six million. On which one? Hellraiser three. Okay. So which Planet of the Apes? Escape from the Planet of the Apes. It's the third film in the original franchise of the films. They probably made a lot of money. All those films made a lot. Well, yeah, budget about $2 million. Box office, $12.3 million. Wow. Uh, what was another one I had in my head? It was, uh, fuck. Polter, yeah, Poltergeist. Yeah, you, you said Poltergeist, yes. Poltergeist 3. Uh, Amityville 3. Uh, budget of 9.6. Box office, $14 million. Uh, let's, let's try... I'm scared, baby. Let's try uh, Days of the Dead. Uh, yeah, Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead. I've got another good one. Uh, budget of three point six, made thirty four million. Army of Darkness. Yeah, that's a good one. I remember showing that theatrically. Budget of eleven million, made twenty two million. This was straight to video, but I'm throwing it out there anyway. Dark Man Three. <laughs> Dark Man 3 had a budget of $5 million. Die, Dark Man, die. Okay. Uh, it was released on VHS on tape on August 20th, uh, 1996, as per industry standards. Laserdiscs followed one week later. Uh, it was reissued on DVD by Universal on January 5th, 2004 in the U.S. as part of the budget price Universal Studio Selections collection. It was devoid of features other than the chapter selection. International pressing predates the domestic version. Listed with a release date of October 23, 2000 in the UK, it included a brief bi- a biography of lead actor Arnold Voslo. Rambo 3. Oh, that that movie made a shit ton of money. Uh, let's see. <laughs> God <laughs> almighty. Gym, <laughs> yeah. I want to watch a good Stallone flick. Oof. Uh, budget of $65 million made box office $189 million. 
<laughs> Rocky three. I'm sure that made more than that. Good God. Hey, I want to just throw this out there to everybody. Jesus. They put a collection out a few months ago of the Rocky movies, one, two, three, and four, and four decay. They look unfucking real. Are you ready for this? Yes. Budget of $17 million. Box office, $270 million. Holy... <laughs> I'm telling you, that movie fucking... Here, here we do one for you. The future part three. Okay, I'll do one right here, though, for you. We'll do uh, Superman 3. Dude, I love that movie. Everybody hates it, though. Budget's $39 million, Box office, $80 million. Boom. Boom. Back to the Future. Pryor, baby. Let's see. Back to the Future 3. The budget was $40 million for that movie. And it made $245 million. <laughs> Damn. All right. For, for you and then for me. You ready? Yep. Return of the Jedi, and then for me, Star Trek Three: Search for Spock. Got it. Which I love that movie. Let's see, and then we'll—I we'll, guess I'll round these out. We'll and then, maybe. No, no, no. And then I know you. I need you. I hate to ask you to do this too. This is the third in those film franchises because of the next generation. Then I want you to give me Insurrection's budget, Star Trek Insurrection, and then it's gross. Okay. Uh, budget for Jedi was around. Uh, it's in between 30, 33 million and. Forty-three million. Okay. Uh, four hundred and eighty-two million. Oh, whoa! That's Star Wars numbers right there. It's outrageous. I'm mean, Star Trek's probably up there too. Let's see. Star Trek: Search for Spock. Let's see. Okay, had a budget of around seventeen million. Went on to do eighty-seven million. Oh, that's a lot for that. Yeah. That's Search for Spock. Yeah. I love that fucking movie. It's got Christopher Lloyd in it. As we say on Earth, say <laughs> This is a weird one we can do. Insurrection. Do you got to do Insurrection? For oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Insurrection. It's the third. Now, I'm going to explain this. There's going to be a lot of people going, man, that's part eight. It's like, no. Or nine, excuse me. It's actually not. Technically, it's the third of the next generation film. So. I saw Insurrection in theaters. Uh, do you think I didn't? Of course you did. But that's like the only Star Trek movie I've seen in theaters, not counting the oh. shit ones. But that Weird. was the first Star Trek movie I saw in theaters, and I saw it with... Uh, I'll defend that movie until I'm dead. I think it's great. I, I saw it with uh, Colonel Sanders. Amazing. Uh, directed by Jonathan Frakes. I didn't know that. Yes, uh, did. Budget of about $70 million, Box office, $118 million. So that made a pretty good oh, one. Wow. Made a good amount. Uh... RoboCop three, budget of oh, direct directed by your boy, your home slice, Fred Decker. He is. Um, for those of you who don't know, it's Monster Squad, uh, and the story was by Frank Miller, your other your other home slice. I love Frank Miller. Twenty two yes. million dollar budget made forty seven million, so it, it broke even. You know, it still had wow. Nan. It still that fucking thing made that much money. It still had fucking Nancy Allen in it. Uh, you know, it had a different RoboCop. Can't remember his name. I think Rip Torn is in that movie too, which is awesome. That that movie, I, I remember. I've I've seen the third one way more than the second film. The second one, I'm not as familiar with at all. But the the third one, I've seen for some reason a lot more than the second film. Um, 
We got any other threes, or should we just? Yes, we do. I, this is, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, this is for my co-host. I love him. I couldn't get into this, although if it had been marketed to me as a Goosebumps film, I could have. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Okay, we'll we'll count that. We'll count that one. Hey, part three. Yeah, technically. Um, let's see. Bring it on. <clears throat> Budget of seventy-five million, made two hundred and four million. Not bad. No, it's not. Let's see, best. I'll just do it. Hey, I've got one. I've got one. Okay. Oh my God, do I have one? And I'm having to think about this. You're going to give me a second because I'm trying to remember the chronological order of this. But if I am not mistaken, oh. it is. And this is going. This is going to be a big one. Are you ready? This is a big one. Yeah. Christmas vacation. Oh, okay. It is the third, if I'm not mistaken, in that film franchise. You can double check that before we give numbers on it, but I think that is correct. It should be, yeah. Budget of $25 million. Yeah, the third installment in National Lampoon's Vacation Film Series. Uh, made $73 million. Wow! Yeah, that's pretty good for a comedy film. Uh, we gotta do. We got to do this one. Toy Story 3. All right, after that, uh, we're going to do uh, Last Crusade first. We might as well. Jeez. No, that's, good. that's a good one. That's a good one. <sighs> All right, well, this is our winner on the list here by far. Uh, budget of $48 million, $474 million, trumping Jedi. Jeez, that's Star Wars money. That's bigger than Star Wars. That, that, that takes the cake on that so far. It's the biggest one. Well, no, Jedi was somewhere in that. For like 468 so Last that's Crusade still, made more money. The, dude, that's, that's still... Well, I'll still give Star Wars the Star Wars money. That's crazy. Sure, yeah. Disney money, really. Yeah, it's insane. Spielberg money, Lucas money. I mean, that was before Disney was involved. So that's that's true. Disney. Yeah. That's uh, crazy. Okay, for you, this is for you and me. You got Toy Story 3 and then Iron Man 3. Okay. Toy Story 3. Sorry, I'm trying to think of third films, and I like a lot of third films. Let's see. Why does it just put Toy Story at? Put oh, because I didn't put the three. There it is. Uh, I have a commercial. I do too. It's on Febreze car. Mine is Peyton Manning. He's smelling his fecal matter through his car, and the girl's like, "Did you fart?" Um, it had a budget of two hundred million dollars. Toy Story three. Jesus. That's a lot of fucking money. Um, box office. One point six seven billion dollars. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, that's insane. Disney doesn't fuck around, man. Uh, Iron Man three, and then I think you know we'll we'll do some movie stuff. We'll get back to this film, but it's this I'm is sorry. This, this has been fun. This has been three. fun. Uh, Iron Man three budget two hundred million dollars. The box office. One point two one five billion dollars. <laughs> Ridiculous. Hold on, we have to do this. You're gonna get mad at me and I have to stop. We've gotta do this. Captain America Civil Fucking War. Yeah, let's do that. Um I'm not seeing the budget here, hang on. Two hundred fifty million dollar budget, box office, one point one five three billion dollars 
It's insane. These fucking Marvel movies, dude. Make so much goddamn money. It's great. Most of them are good. Um, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. Iron Man 3 will defend it to him dead. It's a great movie. So now we'll we'll get back to Chucky. Here we missed some stuff. I don't even remember. I think Sorry, Chucky. A lot of this movie is like the the school stuff, and he's not really killing a lot of people just like right yet. So we're I think we're still fine. Um. So Chucky returns for revenge against Andy, the young boy who defeated him, and now a teenager living in a military academy. A lot of people hate this movie. I love this movie. Always have. Uh, we'll do a little trivia stuff here. Now that we're getting back into the child's play world here. Okay. Un- under pressure from Universal, screenwriter Don Mancini was asked to begin writing the third film even before the second film was released. Hence, this picture was released only nine months after Child's Play 2. Mancini has called it his least favorite because he felt he was out of ideas so soon after the second installment. Uh, Larry said the, those kid things. There's not a lot of tidbits on this. John Ritter was originally supposed to appear as a security guard at the Good Guy Doll Factory <laughs> in sequence where some kids sneak into the factory and discuss the Chucky myth. Ritter later appeared in Bride of Chucky in a supporting role. That's one of my favorite kills in all of horror, kids, is the Bride of Chucky scene with John Ritter. He gets nail gunned to death in the face, and it's awesome. Yes, he does. And John Ritter is, I love John Ritter to death. So it was, it was cool to see him in a horror film and get knocked off in the beginning of the movie and that he agreed to do it so much later. It's awesome. Uh, John Ritter is the shit. He's great. <clears throat> great comedic mind. He's a great actor. Rest in peace. Um, this was the first film in the series to use computers to aid in Chucky's puppetry in order to perfect the lip, to perfect the lip syncing. You can kind of tell because he's, it, it looks a lot better for sure. And then the box office disappointment of this movie, it made only, uh, $21 million on a $13 million budget. There's the reason why there was not another Chucky movie for seven years until Bride of Chucky in 1998. Now what we can do real quick is look up the budget for that. Because I know that that movie made money. That movie made uh, fifty-one million. Are you shitting me? <laughs> made a lot of money for, for a Chucky movie. Uh, Don Mancini initially what? wanted to introduce the concept of multiple Chucky's in the movie, but due to budget constraints, the idea was eventually scrapped. Mancini later used this concept twenty-six years later for Cult of Chucky. Uh, Cult of Chucky is actually a pretty good movie. I haven't seen it. Uh, Brad Dorf's it's Brad Dorf's least favorite movie is Part Three. It's the only film. Oh man! Yeah, he doesn't like it. I guess. Uh, I mean, you figure you do it nine months after the other one that was good. I mean, I I can see how they were all probably not too happy making this movie because it was just pressured. Uh, the only film of the series where Andy Barclay is played by a different actor instead of Alex Vincent. The simple reason for the recasting was, of course, that Andy had to, to age eight years. Whereas Vincent was still only nine years old when the film was made. He does appear twice, though, via photos as young Andy at the beginning of the, and middle of the film. Vincent will later return to the role in Curse of Chucky and Cult of Chucky. Uh, the movie was actually filmed at Kemper Military School and Junior College in Boonville, Missouri. The movie called the school Kent. The school is now closed down. Uh, Peter Jackson was asked to direct. That's funny. He's no stranger to horror films. Um, huh, that's weird. So here's more insight on those those kids 
being killed or whatever in the UK where they try to pin this movie on the inspiration or something. In addition to the James Bulger case in Britain, another murder was vicariously linked to the film. Suzanne Capper was kidnapped and tortured by former friends for several days. Afterwards, she was set on fire by her captors and left to die in a ditch. God almighty. She was found still alive after crawling to a nearby road. They blamed this movie? But later succumbed to her injuries. During her terrifying ordeal, Suzanne was forced to listen to Hi, I'm Chucky Wanna Play by 150 volts of maximum volume through headphones. One of those found guilty, Bernadette McNeely, later admitted to commencing each torture session with the phrase, Chucky's coming to play. Soon the words themselves were enough to make Capper scream. That is fucked. <laughs> I mean, they can't do anything about the movie with that. It's just, you know, I mean, people are fucking insane anyway. That's that's a really... Well, now, hold on a sec. Let's, let's stop a second. I want to say something. It's really horrifying. No, it's awful. But But here's the thing. Anyone that has ever listened to this podcast and you think that it is okay to go out and perform the acts that you're seeing in horror films, Corey and I have never condoned that, and we never would. No, we love, you know, uh, on-screen violence, but that it's, it's the art of it. We don't like real-life violence. So anyone that has ever listened to us and think that we're into actually killing people or blood and guts um not not in a real sense now and you know like i mean cory has an only fans where he shoves like multiple dildos up his butt <laughs> and <clears throat> that's that's a lot of that's body horror in its own <laughs> but he needs the money and that's that's it's okay <laughs> you know yeah sure. and it's know, only phantasms but we do not condone that type of stuff. Like I said, I that you get some real fucking people. I think that sometimes watch this stuff and just go crazy. I guess I don't know. Or they're already crazy and need inspiration. I mean, who knows? I mean, I guess I don't know. But I and it, 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 what you just read about Child's Play three make the harkens back to me. And I'm sorry, I'm sidetracking. I'll shut up. But I it harkens me back to the Columbine stuff, and they were trying to and look. Anyone that knows me knows that I have no respect, nor do I like Marilyn Manson, but he did not deserve to get blamed, which he did, as well as the filmmakers, uh, the something brothers that made the Matrix movies. I'm not a fan of those movies, but right. uh, I like the first one. But Wachowski brothers or Wachowski. They are. I, can't, I can't remember their names, but I think that's actually wrong, too. But whatever. I'm not a fan of the Matrix. I'm not saying I am a horror guy. But anyway, but... What I'm trying to make is they tried to blame the Matrix filmmakers. They tried to blame Meryl Manson for the Columbine stuff. It's like, no, you had some people that were just mad. And well, they blame everything but the weapons themselves. Right, right. That's right. that's all so they're trying to do. You can't blame, even though I don't like him either, but you can't blame Marilyn Manson and the Matrix filmmakers. Can you look that up, the filmmakers of the Matrix? That's the, Wachow- the, the Wachowskis now. They're not the Wachowski okay. brothers anymore, but yeah. Okay, well, yeah, right. Right, and, and and I'm not trying to. That's not where I was going with that. I'm just saying they should not be blamed for. No, I agree. Just making they... science fiction films that are violent. You know, if someone goes and does something crazy, you know. Right. Fun story, kids. True story. Uh, holiday of twenty. I was in a Walmart where there was a shooting. Hmm. You were. So. 
I'm not condoning violence. That was terrifying. It was actually two rednecks fighting over a child's bike around the holidays. <laughs> and I was in the Walmart when the shooting started. But yeah. anyway, so fast forward to now, you know, you watch it. I mean, that's fucked up. I had no idea that people watch this movie for inspiration. Like these, these movies to me are like watching Looney Tunes. Like I just don't, yeah. I don't take, I don't take Chucky seriously at all. I don't think he's supposed to be taken seriously, but I guess now, the exorcist, the exorcist scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Same here. Jason, the first like four, five, the first five Friday the 13th movies are kind of creepy. Yeah. It's a guy stalking yeah. you in the woods, you know? I mean, and it can happen. I mean, even, even the Roy one in five, it's still, he's fucking taking people out. He's fucking them up. Yeah. It's, it's very, it's cold blooded. It's brutal. But what I'm saying is, is I, I'm always fascinated with stuff that's like, man, I'm going to wear a screen mask and kill somebody. It's like, what? Really? Yeah, it's bizarre. If somebody came running at me in a screen mask, I'm going to hit him in the face with a shovel and it's going to go prowler. But, <laughs> you know, nothing against screams. It just doesn't scare me. Just like the Saw stuff. I was watching the first Saw movie recently in 4K because I found it like really cheap. And then I followed it up with Jigsaw, which I know is many movies later, but I watched them both. Those movies are fun. They don't scare me, though. I think they're gross. There's some Taco Rancho going on. But, you know, it, it, they don't scare me. I'm not scared of Jigsaw. Right. I think Jigsaw's cool, but I'm not scared of him. Right. Same as Chucky. I'm not scared. Leprechaun, same thing. I'd kick his ass to the moon. It's like, fuck away from <laughs> They're just great. They're just fun. No, they're fun. They're great. I'm just saying I don't like it, but it's just like Jaws. Jaws is scary. A shark will eat you. Yeah. You know, Leatherface will skin you alive and be with his chainsaw. Yeah. I mean, there. I guess what you're, Freddy never scared me as a kid. Right. I thought Freddy was cool. Maybe I'm kind of demented for that, but I was never scared of him. Oh, he's cool as shit. But if we're being honest, he's scarier to me in part two than he is in any of the other films. Oh, yeah. He's like fucking demon Freddy. It's great. He's just pissed in that movie. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's... Hey man, everything's gonna be okay. We're gonna help you. Help yourself, fucker. Fuck yeah, it's a shit. But but I never, I never. Phantasm. The tall man is scary. He is. He scary. is. He's a scary dude. It's scary. He's like Frankenstein from another planet. Yeah, basically. You know, but but you know, for me, and 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 uh, side note, real quick, Don Coscarelli. I don't know if you're listening. I don't know if you listen to us. Why do I not have the first couple Phantasm films in 4K? Why? I'm sure they're coming. Why? I need some 4K action. They put two box sets out in a fucking year and made Blu-rays, so I mean, I'm sure they're just like, all right, I guess we've got to make 4K now. But do you know what I mean? Like, give me some 4K action, but especially the first movie. Yeah. I get the first one in 4K. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah blame, you can't blame... You know, someone goes crazy and goes and does stuff. Like, I remember reading something somewhere where somebody had been watching uh, America. This is a fucked up kill. Yeah. Someone had been watching American Psycho and started killing people. And I'm just like. Stupid. Kind of, yeah. Well, throw, how did he die? Throw him in the trash. What? How did that guy just end? Did he have a heart attack? I didn't see it. I'm on. I'm still. I must be behind because he just threw him in the garbage can. Let's see. He's about to get whacked. I just didn't know how he died. Like, he just fell into a table of miniatures, but I didn't show how he died. Let's see. Oh, no, he did. Heart attack. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Chucky's like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. 
funny. Uh, the final film in the series to include the lore that Chucky must transfer his soul into the first person he revealed his true identity to and within a limited time frame before he's stuck in the body forever. The Bride of Chucky retcons. He's trying to get into Justin Wallen in this movie. <clears throat> no, that Tyler kid, I think, because he's like basically the new Andy. Oh, okay. The no, little kid. Is that not Justin Wallen's character? No. He's the oh, old. He's the older kid. Okay, I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah, he's the older kid. I think that's supposed to be. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Bride of Chucky retcons this lore and introduces the heart of the Dombala amulet that Charles apparently always had and was buried with his corpse. With the amulet, he can possess any human host he wants. Um, it's the last film in the series to use Child's Play in its title until the release of the reboot Child's Play in 2019. Young adult cast participated in actual war games together. The story of this film takes place eight years following the events of the... We've already said that. Uh, first film in the series went that Chucky in doll form uses a gun as a weapon. Besides Brad Dorff, Peter Haskell, they're the only actors to appear in both Child's Play 2 and 3. Uh, a scene where Tyler sees the Good Guy doll commercial on television is similar to the original. When Andy sees the Good Guy doll commercial on TV, they both say wow when they see the advertisement. Will Wheaton, Ethan Hawke, and Skeet Ulrich were considered to play Andy Barclay. Ulrich would later play Billy Loomis in Scream, a role that Wallen screen tested for. <laughs> Interesting. That's awesome. <laughs> the military academy scenes, which are the main plot of the film, takes place entirely in just two days. Um, a prologue to the film was initially written featuring a pair of siblings, Joey and Pam, who sneak into an abandoned good guy factory and discuss Chucky myth and the events that happened eight years prior. The sequence would have made for lots of creepy visuals and explain how the doll making machine turns on by itself. In the script, Pam finds Chucky's remains and part of his head snaps viperously at her fingertips. She fell, falls backwards onto a lever, activating the machine. The two children scamper off. John Ritter would have appeared as the security guard in the sequence while his son, Jason Ritter, was initially cast to play the character of Joey. At the last minute, Universal opted not to film the prologue. Missed opportunity uh, we there. We probably queue up Chuck. We've not done that either. Well, Chucky for Chucky. Um... Almost done with this. Let's see. Well, you're good. I didn't mean to. I just thought I would. <clears throat> let's say it's good enough. Um, let's see. What else was Justin Wallen in? Justin Wallen. Nah, nah, nah. Nothing I've. Lois and Clark. Lois and Clark. That's right. You were saying that earlier. He's also in the Deadpool. Yeah, he is. Um. The other kid is that I keep seeing. Yeah, Travis Fine. He's the other one. I'm like, oh no, I've seen him in a ton of shit. Girl Interrupted. That's what it is. <clears throat> kid that plays Shelton in this movie is the orderly in Girl Interrupted, which is pretty cool. He's a good character. So we're doing 1991. Yes, sir. We will queue up Chuck and start altering the future. Altering the future!
Well, if it's your first time tuning in Phantasm, welcome. Thank you very much. Um, basically, Altering the Future will take you back to the time this movie came out, this year being 1991, and we'll show you around the around the year, like what, what other movies were out during this year, and the Doctor always does music, and sometimes adult film, and sometimes other shit, so sometimes TV, so we will, you never know. And usually, you know, we've done these so many times these years that I don't usually just, uh, I used to do just horror movies. I kind of go all over the place. I'm going to do the same thing here. Try not to forget anything. We'll go ahead and say Point Break, because we did earlier. Uh, got Double Impact, Toy Soldiers, Kickboxer 2. That one has, like, Mike Tyson in it, I think, doesn't it? Um, I don't remember. I think it has Mike Tyson in it. Um, Tur- uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secrets of the Ooze. Um, Scanners 3, The Takeover. That's one we could have looked up. Uh, I don't even know what this is, but Fart the Movie. That's uh, interesting. <laughs> the Adams Family, Highlander 2, The Quickening. I like that movie. Everybody hates it. Um, Motorhead Live, Everything Louder Than Everything... Whatever that says. Motorhead thing. That's cool. That came up. Um, that's a bunch of dog shit. Last Boy Scout. Pop, popcorn. The Rocketeer. Subspecies. Freddy's Dead. The Final Nightmare. Silence of the Lambs. Sometimes They Come Back, which we did a thing of, and it was so bad we didn't use it. Uh, not our fault. It was the movie. It was just terrible. Uh, Ernest Scared Stupid. Uh, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. It's a great movie. People Under the Stairs. Uh, it's a weird movie. Hook. It's a weird movie. Uh, Highway to Hell. Uh, it's a fun movie. Nothing But Trouble. Uh, it's a fun movie. It is weird. Kevin Costner, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Um, Everything Corey does, he does for you. Let's see. I never could get into that Robin Hood movie. I was never into it. Uh, body Parts. <laughs> hey, that's Jeff Fahey. Yeah, it's great. He's back again, folks. Puppet Master 3. Uh, Toulon's Revenge. Not really ever seen those movies. Seen like the first what? time. Uh, Puppet Master 3. Oh, those movies are just silly. Uh, Cape Fear. Omen 4. The Awakening. Uh, I mean, it's a bunch of turds, to be honest. Howling, Howling 6, The Freaks. Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, The Toy Maker. Class, uh, they classic. The, uh, they put that fucking thing out on Blu-ray. They oh, did. Class of Nukem High 2, Subhuman Meltdown. Subhumanoid Meltdown. Um, Critters 3. Uh, Basket Case 3, The Progeny. Um, oh, what a bunch of shit. Let's see. 1991, what a year. Let's see. God damn it. 91. It's shitty how this they do this now. What the fuck? I've got a bunch of music pulled up for everybody. The music's fine on here. Let's see. Go to action. 
pretty much done all those. Um, like I said, it's Suburban Commando. That's a that's a nice cheesy one. Operation Condor. Uh, one Good Cop with Michael Keaton. Uh, Hudson Hawk. That was uh, Bruce Willis. McBain. That's Christopher Walken. If Looks Could Kill with Richard Grieco. Love that man. Dude, I love that movie. That's great. Uh, City Slickers. You've seen it? Yeah, I've seen that. I love Richard Grieco. Dude, that movie is fucking <laughs> awesome. It's a good old feel-good movie when it comes on. <clears throat> Yes, it is. Um, the Hard Way with Michael J. Fox, James Woods. I have not seen that. That movie's okay. Hot Shots. I'm on an ad. Okay. Um, Harley Davidson and the I'm Marlboro on, Man. On okay. One of my favorite movies ever, and I had it on VHS when I was little. Backdraft. I know it's weird. It's like a firefighter movie, but it was good shit. Oh, I know the movie. Uh, Out for Justice. It's a little Steven Seagal. Yep, that's uh, a good one. That's a weird one. Uh, I don't even know what that is. Um, the Hitman with uh, Chuck Norris. Never seen that. Another really good movie, New Jack City. <clears throat> one of my favorite movie. Wesley Snipes movies. Very good movie. Um, JFK. Good movie. It is good. Um, trying to see. Let's look at comedies real quick while we're <clears throat> on this list here. If there is a lot, there's not. You still on an ad? Because I'm still paused. Yeah, I'm still on ad. Uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Never liked that one. I prefer the first film. I don't remember which one. And that which. third movie is a piece of shit. Never seen it. Dude, it's it's just not good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like, it's nothing that. wrong with Alex Winter or Keanu Reeves. It's just a bad script. It's a bad film. <laughs> uh, Naked Gun, two and a half. American Tale, Fightful Goes West. Uh, I'm still on an ad. I'm still paused. Uh, all right, unpaused. We're good. Uh, I, I gotta skip up there then. One oh one ten. Alright, on it. Uh I'll just end it with these last two. Cause there's a lot of just dog shit in ninety one. Um we're gonna go Terminator two judgment day, because that's obviously the, the biggest one. And then my favorite from nineteen ninety one, which was Dice Rules, Andrew Dice Clay. I know it's just like a stand-up thing, but it's one of the greatest no, of all time. And it came out in 91, and I have it on DVD to this day. Nice. So there you go. That's uh, 1991. A lot of cheesy, overrated horror films in it. There's some okay comedies in it. Not a lot going on. 91. I've got to go point break unless I think of something to be named later, but that's probably my favorite. Yeah, point break. Point break's great. And of course, everybody loves um, the, you know, the Terminator. I like the first film. I think the second one's a good film, but it's not, I can't compare it to the other one. And it's not something I. It's a comfort. And I argue with my comic book store guy it's about a, it all the time. It's a comfort movie for everyone else. 
It came out like a, a day before and a year after I was born. So July 1st, 1991 is when it came out. So it's got a weird parallel with that. But it's not a comfort movie for me. The first one is. The second one has always been cheesy. I don't like that he was like this positive character. I like that he's a fucking cyborg that kills people. So but that's just me. Won't get into the rant of that. But that's 1991 in film. So now we will do the music. Yeah. Do this pretty quick. Uh, Tiamat, uh, The Astral Sleep, Big nice. Hot Buttering, Pungent Stench, uh, Grave into the Grave, uh, Atheist, Unquestionable Presence, uh, Sepultura Raz, oh. uh, Where No Loft Dwells from Unleashed, Shadows of the Past, which I consider Sinist a goth band, but whatever, I, I like them. It's listed on here, whatever. Death Shall Rise from Cancer. Um, let's see here. Soul Side Journey from Dark Throne. Testimony of the Ancients from Pestilence, which is my favorite yeah. Pestilence record. It's good shit. Uh, Butchered at Birth, Cannibal Corpse. Considered Dead from Gorguts. Um... From Beyond, from Massacre, The Ten Commandments, which that's my favorite malevolent album. Yeah. Uh, uh, Blessed for the Sick from Morbid Angel, War Master from Bolt Thrower, Like an Ever Flowing Stream, which is the shit yeah, from Dismember, maybe. my favorite European. Death Metal Band, Dawn of Possession from Immolation, uh, Death's Human, Mental Funeral from Autopsy, and then. <clears throat> on of the death metal stuff, my favorite, uh, and it, where the hell did it go? Bear with me a second, it just disappeared. Oh, in my opinion, the album that is still the the top dog of all that of that genre, uh, uh, Avicii Forgotten from Suffocation. Oh hell yeah! Um, it's still a go to for me to this day. Um, let's see here. Um, do a little bit more metal stuff and I'm just going to throw you a curveball. Uh, Overkill's Horoscope. I want to thank Bobby and um, Dee Dee for coming on Phantasm this year. Thank you. This year's been weird. So thank you for doing that. If you guys haven't checked it out, go check those interviews out. I'm very proud of them. Um, you can tell me they're shit. That's fine. I don't think they are. Um, Mental Vortex from Corner, an album that Mr. Gorechrist and I love. Yes. Um, uh, Time Does Not Heal from Dark Angel, another great record. Um, let's see. Um, Corey's favorite album from this year, Metallica, Metallica. No, it's the Black Album. Um, that was a joke. <laughs> he does not like that record. Or if he does, he's never told me that. Um, Slave to the Ground from Skid Row, which is a really great album that did not sell because it got overshadowed from everything else that got released that year. I love that album. I don't consider Skid Row a hair band. I consider them just a really good metal band, just a traditional top metal band, and more in the priest venue. And they got labeled a hair band, and they weren't. But whatever. Um, let's see here. Not of the Storm Rider from Ice Earth. I love that record. It's great. I remember seeing them at a club when they were touring that in '91. Um, Out of Order from Nuclear Assault. Um, uh, 
3D from Wrathchild America. I saw them on that tour. They were opening direct support for uh, Armored Saint, um, which also came out this year, Armored Saint Symbol of Salvation. I'll give that a quick hat tip. Um, Slow Deep and Hard from Typo Negative, my favorite Typo Negative record. Um, It and Life is Killing Me, those are my two favorite Typo Negative records. And yes, if you've looked at our Facebook page, those were pictures of me with Peter. So you're welcome. Um, a band that I love, I've never heard Corey mention this band, but I bet you he likes them. Uh, Desperate Measures from Leeway. I love oh, Leeway is the shit, dude. I saw them with DRI in Orlando, Florida, and it was incredible. Uh, another album and another band that is highly underrated. Forced Entry, As Above, So Below. Yes. Um, triple uh excuse me a, a triplet uh three-piece uh out of uh washington state area very underrated band i always like that band yeah um, and that record is the shit it's their sophomore it's a, it's a good one it's good it's good um and then this is where i'm throwing the curveball tonight because Corey loves baseball um now you get pop albums from 1991 Let's do it. That's right. Pop albums. Did I listen to these? No. Was I selling them at a record store to people? Yes, I was. And here we go, kids. How about Pop Life from Bananarama? <laughs> uh, how about Love Hurts from Cher? How about Let's Get To Excuse Me, Let's Get To It from Kylie Minogue? Um, how about the white room from KLF? Um, what's funny is I looked up pop albums and Metallica's black albums on this list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's when they became pop. Uh, the comfort zone from Vanessa Williams. If you think you don't know what that is, let me save you the trouble. You did save the best for last. That's right. Oh, okay. Vanessa Williams. Plus I love Vanessa Williams because she was in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. Um, Matthew Sweet, an artist that I always hated, his album Girlfriend, which I also hated. <laughs> um, the Jesus Lizard Goat, hmm. uh, Sarah McLaughlin's Solace, Michael Bolton, Time, Love, and Tenderness. Michael Bolton's, if you ever get a chance to look up his hairband stuff, Bruce Kulick was actually his guitarist on like two of his records. They're incredible. No shit. It's literally AOR hairband shit. And I own both of them. Rock was it still Mocky? Or was it still Michael Bolton, or do you have a band? No, it's just called Michael Bolton. Wow! But it's been, the music's totally different. And you've heard one of the songs. One of the songs is in Back to School that everybody's crazy. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Fucking, that's Michael Bolton. Wow. That's Bruce Kulick on guitar. He wrote fucking half the album. Do you think he kind of sounds similar like Steve Perry? So it doesn't make it doesn't really surprise me that he also did like an AOR so here's band. My thing. Everybody makes fun of Michael Bolton, but the reality. <laughs> I love Michael Bolton. It's like just like in Office Space, like I fucking goddamn Michael Bolton, motherfucker. Yeah, and it's like it's funny, but it isn't funny to me because actually, if you've done your due diligence, Michael Bolton, like I said, his first like two or three records are actually hairband albums. They're AOR shit. It sounds like Foreigner. It's fucking great. Yeah, I have to check those out. Um, Blood Sugar Sex Magic from Red Hot Chili Peppers. I hate that band. Um. <laughs> <laughs> of the heart, of the soul, and of the crown, PM Dawn. That album was huge when I was working at a record store. Emotions from Mariah Carey, Simply Red, Stars, Michael Jackson, Dangerous, 
Rod Stewart, Vagabond Heart. That's when he was putting out his adult contemporary dog shit. Laughing Stock from Talk Talk. That's an 80s band I like that was still putting out dog shit in the 90s. Uh, <laughs> Paul Abdul, Spellbound. Queen's Greatest Hits, Volume 2. Waking Up the Neighbors from Ron Adams. It's a terrible album. Uh, <laughs> a Nirvana Nevermind. Here it is. Pop album. <laughs> and my favorite Nirvana record, so I'll actually give that a little bit of love. Yeah. Octung Baby from U2. It's a great record. Uh, Genesis We Can't Dance. That is literally the worst Genesis record ever made. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, Queen Innuendo. That's an underrated Queen album. Love it. Uh, R.E.M. Out of Time. Never understood why people like the band R.E.M. I could never get into them. I guess it's just over my fucking head. Not a fan. It is funny. Uh, Amy Grant, Heart in Motion. She's a religious bitch. I'm sure your cousin likes him. Uh, uh, <laughs> he probably does. He's like, I got to go see Amy Grant next weekend. Anyway, uh, Rock Set, Joyride, that band was huge. Spin Doctors, Pocket Full of Dynamite, that shit was huge. Sting, The Soul Cages. Listening to that record, because I worked at a record store, I had to play that album on repeat to sell it to like older people. That album actually makes me want to kill myself. It's so depressing. <laughs> um uh, crowded house wood face. Anyway, it's just weird. And again, I wasn't condoning any of that stuff on that list. I'm just being weird tonight. Just throwing some pop albums at you from 91. And, uh, that is all for the music. And I've talked way too long. Oh, that's fine. Um, some interesting ones in there. That's why we do alternate futures. So you guys know. Maybe we haven't. I don't know. I don't think so. There's only been a, not really, few. you didn't really name off any movies that we ever done, so it kind of felt fresh. <laughs> yeah, and, and and listing the uh, horror movies that are on there, I didn't really notice. Like the yeah, one, the one that we did do. The one that we did do in '91. I don't remember what it would have been. Maybe it Where wasn't. Did they this movie. Uh, Missouri. Weird. Yeah, it is weird. It's my. So Brad Dorf, did he have to be on set just to voice Chucky? Yeah, because I don't think there's any Charles E. Ray scenes in this film. It's just, I guess, the voice work for it. But so. is that, does that, did he just do it as a finished product, or was he sitting there in the background with like a like a mic on? I have no idea. I would assume that he was just in a room and doing the voiceover work. I'll have to ask him that. Yeah, just doing the voiceover work was what I would imagine. Tell me that woman taking a shit, and you know, we just a big big old time. <laughs> and I can quote Blue Velvet to him. Yeah. Vince, do you want me to pour? No, I want you to fuck you. <laughs> If I've never told and said it on this podcast, I'm sure I have before. Dennis Hopper is an amazing actor. Rest in peace. I, I get so much joy and love from watching Blue Velvet, and that scares so many people. <laughs> it's, but, a, it's such a good movie. But he is he is so outlandish in that. How can you not love him? Yeah, it's just good acting. Here's to your health, friend. No, I'll drink something else. No, fuck that. Just drink something else. Drink the fucking. Hey, here's to your fuck, Frank. <laughs> Anyway, what a what a what a fucking glorious movie. Um, so you actually had a kid just get—he just blew up by a grenade. You know what's really weird about this movie too? This movie feels—and and this is something. No, I'm not saying I don't like the movie. I'm just—I just, just want to give everybody like a feel on this. If you're old enough to understand this, you will. If you don't, you won't. But. This movie feels like a direct-to-video movie. It does. It does not feel like this should have been theatrically released to me. And it looks like it has a budget of like a dollar. 
I'm not saying I don't like it. I think this movie's shit. I have an I have an ad. It honestly, oh, it feels like this movie has a budget of like a quarter. Yeah. It's like here's your twenty five cent budget. Go get that big actor Justin Wallen. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I mean, goddamn, who who took the budget of this? Brad Dorf, I'm assuming. I mean, geez. I mean, is, honestly, Andrew Robinson's probably I, one of the I more. Love this, I love this movie. I'm not saying again. I don't give you the wrong idea, but you cannot tell me this is this is what you and I would call a straight to Netflix movie. This is just it's straight to video. Yeah. I mean, I'm waiting for like. Like and I love him and you do too, but I'm waiting for like seventy year old Nicholas Cage to show up and this was like I had to make this movie where I fight Chucky. <laughs> we're gonna make that movie. Corey and I are gonna make Child's Play twenty and we're gonna put Nick Cage in it fighting. That'd be amazing. Honestly. Yeah, it would. That would be really cool. No, it would. I come up with good ideas when we do this podcast. Why well, I love it. You and I bounce shit off each other and it always works. Most of the time it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And I end up cutting myself on a fucking cup of ranch dressing at Disney. <laughs> Call it Child's Cage. You know, this is a true story. We were in a Pinocchio restaurant in Magic Kingdom, and my amazing friend and I were sitting there, this gentleman that's on this podcast with me, we're sitting there, and I literally tore my thumb. Was it my thumb? That was my finger. It's your thumb, pretty sure. Was it my thumb? Yeah, I think I, so. I tore one of my fingers open on ranch dressing. Like a cup of now, ranch here's dressing. The quit. Are you back yet? Let me know. Almost, I still got another ad coming. Oh, you're good. Just let me know when it's done, because I'm rambling. But anyway, I got to tell you all this. So every fucking time I've cut myself last year, I got sick. The first time I cut myself at a comic book convention, I got COVID-19. <laughs> it's the truth. I tore myself, tore my fucking hand on my buddy's shelf. Yeah. And next thing you know, I have COVID-19. Fast forward, we're at Disney. I fucking cut my fucking hand open on ranch dressing. I end up with fucking upper respiratory infection. I'm telling you, I think there's something to tearing your, your skin open and then getting sick. I think it's real. Yeah, it's bacteria. I'm just telling you. Gotta, you want you know, that's a cool thing about Disney. I'm off the ad now. We're good. Okay. And they're at the little tilt-a-whirl, all that shit. <clears throat> Pause this real quick. Let's get synced up. I'm, I'm at, at 114.37. Okay, I'm at 114.26. So hang on. Let me go back. Done. Okay, and three, two, one, two. Wait, you count it. One, two, three. Perfect. But yeah, I mean, the, the cool thing about Disney, they have like a little pavilion area where you can go, and you know, they have like a nurse there and first aid. So that was really cool, you know. Yeah, they took care of me. I just had to write my name down so they could through them. He put a. I they guess. put a, a goofy bandaid over it, and he was all good to go. They did. I actually, it was, it was actually really nice. They were very cool to me. Um, but it was very interesting because every time, you know, it seems like I, I end up doing something dumb like that. I get sick. I swear. It's the truth. I tore my hand on a wood shelf and then like a week later, not even a week, like three days later, I had COVID. I mean, it just sucks, man. I, I don't know what the deal is with the shit, but getting sick sucks. Everybody stay healthy, safe out there. COVID shit's still around. Don't let people tell you differently. It's there. Yeah, you gotta be careful. I hear motherfuckers getting it. It's it's fucking scary. Yeah, it sure is. But you know, it is what it is. And here's you a funny thing. I'll share y'all a little bit of our life with you. We're going to Disney in a few months, and if the government era, the fucking world shut down again, I guess we're just going to be flying there and sitting in our hotel room. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> because <laughs> we're not. Gonna- 
we're not going to not go now, you know? Right. So, you know, if the world shut down again, then we will be in Orlando. Come see us at our hotel. Come see us at Applebee's. We'll be there. Yeah, we'll definitely go to the um, Applebee's. Cause there was no one in that place was COVID protocol. When we went there. It felt like we were the only people in there. We had this waiter and our food was incredible. Uh, Gore Cross treated me to an amazing meal. It, did. it was a fantastic dinner. Seeing, it was amazing. It was in between us getting to see the amazing, incredible, greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. And then the next day, we're just chilling in the room, an amazing hotel room. And we're sitting there just chilling, eating some Applebee's. And we ate till we were like stuffed. I had like this grilled griller thing. Like it, it was so fucking awesome. But anyway, our, our, I swear to God, our waiter, he was like fucking stoned out of his mind. And I don't mean stoned like he was smoking pot. I mean, he had went to like a CBD oil place and either drank the fucking oil or he was back there eating gummies. Or he was huffing like some fucking Because he was just like, I mean, he was literally just something. like, you guys are anything else? <laughs> and my, my drink has literally got melted ice in it, which, by the way, for anybody that waits tables, don't ever give somebody a drink that has melted ice. And that means you've not been doing your fucking job, you know? Yeah. And I know waiting table sucks. I've done it. But I'm just saying, don't do that. It's, you know, go somewhere else and quit if you're going to treat people like that. But anyway, he was literally like eating CBD gummies in the back. He's like, yeah, you chicken player, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he just seemed like he was fucking, am I wrong about that or am I right? Yeah, no, yeah. And here's the other weird thing. It was December in Orlando, and that fucking Applebee's was a ghost town. That whole area was. We were the only people walking around in that little town across I, from I, Universal. I, I think there may have been two other people staying at our hotel. Yeah, it was weird. It was the weirdest fucking thing I've ever experienced in my life. It was definitely Twilight Zone because, you know, you go there in December. It was like the beginning of December. It wasn't like we were there in, like, fucking... The hotel... I, I don't know. Christmas Day trying yeah. to eat at Applebee's. The hotel was in this... It was across from Universal, so you could see it from your from your window. It's, like, right there. Yeah. Like the Volcano Bay and all that shit. You can see it from across the the way there, the interstate. You could, I forgot about that. Yeah, you could. But there was a little, like, just strip of hotels and, like, restaurants was and other shit. Was Universal closed, do you think? No, they were open. Huh. But I guess just nobody was staying over there. Cause that was fucking weird, man. It was weird. I'll tell you, and then we went in this, like, Middle Eastern, like, gift shop, and it was fucking weird. Like, like knockoff Disney shit. And... Yeah, it was just weird, man. It was really weird. But there was nobody you know, else in was... there either. They were, you know. There's a gas station down the street. There's other like restaurant shit. There was a whole little area, like strip of a bunch of shit there, but there was nobody around. The next day when we went to Disney, when we were coming back, we literally ordered half of Taco Bell. Yes, we did. And for the record, I just want to say that is the best Taco Bell I've ever had in my life. It was fantastic. It was really good. I don't even remember what the fuck we ate, but I, I mean, ate all we, of it. We for real spent like 50 bucks at that Taco Bell. <laughs> we did. Because we hadn't ate since I'd had the chicken nuggy where I tore my fucking hand on the fucking ranch. <laughs> it's like, do you want this ranch? Tri- hey, you want this ranch dressing, Dr. West? Uh, <laughs> you tear your fucking hand open, cocksucker. You know. <laughs> don't let him have really the ranch dressing. He's going to cut his finger. <laughs> That's the best I can do. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to tear your fucking hand open, you fucking long-haired cocksucker. <laughs> By like, the way, Tom Brady's going to shift the bat against in the playoffs against Cowboys, too. Jokes <laughs> on you, cocksucker. <laughs> like, I mean, it, I, I will say this, and we, I don't think we've ever done this on here. I wanted to say this. Magic Kingdom is where it's at. Yeah, for sure. You can go to the other parks, and I'm not saying that we won't because we just love it all, 
But Magic Kingdom is where it's at. Yeah, it's got it's got all the Magic nostalgic Kingdom stuff. Feels so good. Magic Kingdom feels so good. It has all the it's all just, the nostalgia. It has the. It is like getting a hug from your mom on your birthday. Because it's got the it's got the castle there. It's got Jungle Cruise. It's got Haunted Mansion. You know, Pirates of the Caribbean. Even you know, it's got all like the the big the big rides everybody knows for That's Disney. The Thunder Mountain Railroad, which yeah, is Thunder the Mountain shit. Railroad. first thing we rode. It's true. Yeah, I think it is. Splash Mountain was fun. Yeah, we did that uh, before it was they're, toast. They're redoing that. It's cool. Ride it. Whatever it is, they turn it into whatever. Turn it into. I don't care what you turn it into. We'll still ride it. It's cool. Yeah. Oh, there's the- I love it. And then we Ooh. missed. We we were going through this the reason I brought this up. Corey and I were going through what what all we fucking missed at the park. There were like a million things we didn't get to do. Yeah. Well, you know, you figure so, within a day, it's hard to plan all that out, and you're going to be waiting in line a few hours out of the day, just waiting around. This time, we're going to definitely do the the genie lightning fast pass bullshit. This time, at least for a couple of the rides. There's Cuco Rancho Chucky. Oh, you look cool. Um, so he's trying to possess the little black kid. Yes. Okay. I haven't watched this movie in a long time, kid. So just give me, cut me some. This slack. is the scene I remember out of all of it. The other ones are kind of a blur, but I always remember this like this dark ride of scene, you do. He's in, like a horror ride. Yes. Yeah, I love it. By Chucky on Volcano Bay. And I remember that little weird bat thing that he was flying on. It's pretty cool. Like right when he gets part of his face cut off, and you see the cuckoo Chucky, that's that's the part I remember of this film because that is my favorite part. Whenever he turns into, I'm a ter- I'm Terminator Chucky, then I'm all I'm all in. Because to me, that's what he is. He's like I'm I'm like a machine that's possessed. He's Terminator. Yeah, this is this is definitely the the peak of the movie. I'm enjoying. This. Yeah, the rest of it it's weird. He's like, this. I wonder if they built this or they were actually in. I like to think uh, they built this. Park. That's where all the budget of the film went was to this fucking little fair. God, he is straight packing heat. He's been shooting people the last like forty five minutes of this movie. It's weird. <laughs> they weren't lying. And those skulls are cool as shit. Yeah, like this, this part of the movie is great. And, and if you have to sit through all of it, and this is it gets to the like this part, you're like, damn, this is awesome. It reminds me of Texas too, because I don't really like that movie up until they go into that like underground. Look again, part. I mentioned him earlier. The best part of Texas too is Dennis Hopper. Period. Oh, all day. But the part where they go into that underground, same kind of thing oh, like this. Like layer, yeah, say. it's awesome, and that's kind of what this reminds me of. The same kind of feel to it. Worse, I, I love carnival fair shit anyway. I think they're fun. So, you, yeah, man. I mean, you yeah. can pull me in I, with that. Yeah, it's, it, it is cool. It's a it's a cool trope, you know. You know, it makes you, you brought up the carnival thing. That's why I always love watching uh, the Bond movie, Living Daylights, because there's that scene where oh, yeah. yep. that Dabo chick are at the fucking, they're at that French fair or yep. whatever. And Lost Boys, man. I love that. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just, it's it's pro- just ridiculous. It's probably my favorite fair scene is the Lost Boys. Uh, Oof. Uh, if you want to see me and Corey, we are actually going to finally leave the crypt. I'm going to leave the crypt of Florida. He's going to leave the crypt of Tennessee, a.k.a. and also New York, wherever he's at. And then we are actually going to go to Lexington to this horror convention up there, which I don't know the name of it. But we're going uh, to go it's called Scarefest Weekend. I went there a couple of years ago. It was a lot of fun. I didn't really do a whole lot at the convention. I went there to do coverage and shit, and I really just didn't. I met, I kind of just met Bruce Campbell, and that was it. 
Um, there, the funny part was there was a, like a a concert going on, like a country concert going on next door. So the Scarefest was like at a convention center, but next door to it's connected to the Rupp Arena over there. So there was some kind of a like a country music thing going on, like a show, and it was really funny because you have. On one side, you have all these horror people standing outside in like costumes and all the, all kinds of shit, and then you have these people that are all dressed the same. They all have like like plaid shirts on and like coats and cowboy hats. And ah. it, it's ridiculous. It was it was the weirdest parallel I've ever seen. <clears throat> oh, I'm laughing at him about to hit these fanboys. Oh, here we go. He's doing the Titanic right here. <laughs> Just. It'd be fun to throw just like a gore stuffed doll into a fan and just let it explode. Great scene. There's a couple people on oh. this earth I'd like to throw into a fan. There's quite a few of them like that. And then the other, there's the exploding doll gore. It's, it's nice. It's a good scene. Uh, this whole part of this movie is the best part. It's just great. Cuckoo Chucky, Terminator Chucky gets thrown into an industrialized fan in a dark ride and explodes with chunks of... Uh, just doll. It's great. So I guess it's almost wrapped up. This movie feels like it starts and ends. I don't know. Yeah, it's not. It's like I said, it's short and sweet. It's one of not picked. It's like right at 90 minutes. It's not a lot of killing in it. A lot of it's off screen stuff. One dude just has a fucking heart attack looking at him. Um, I mean, two is definitely better than this, but I'll tell you what, this movie. This movie's all right. It's, it's, it's not as bad as a lot of people think it is. No, it's a, it's actually it moves pretty well. Yeah, I think it's mildly it long, just fine. It's mildly I entertaining. I think Chucky has some good lines in the film. I think the the kid is cool. Um, considering within nine months they made man, this movie. Parts like that at night too are just fucking scary, man. I yeah. I've always been freaked out by by. Uh, theme parks at night. I, I think being in Disney or Six Flags or fucking Dollywood or I- any fucking thing, I think if you're in there and it's closed, it's freaky deaky. Well, it looks like Tubi has all the Chucky movies currently. Well, they're going to be gone in like eight days. But yeah. yeah. It's called uh, Cult of Chucky, Curse of Chucky, <laughs> Seed of Chucky. Uh, yeah. All the universal stuff. So all the sequels. So starting with two and then you go all the way. Right. Uh, so yeah, final thoughts. It, look, it's a, it's a fun little slasher. Is it gory enough for me? No, but it's, it's fun. Again, I don't, I don't go into child's play movies expecting child's play two every time. Right. And I don't either. You know, uh, is Child's Play 3 better than, I don't know, a lot of horror movies that I've watched, probably. I mean, it's like I said, it's another one where it feels like the MPAA butchered it. I don't know that, and you didn't read that during this, and I'm not accusing them of that, but it does feel like it got attacked. Well, they did say it was rushed because they were pressured to make this movie while before the second one was made they're like you have to make a third film too so i mean it was a rushed film and it it doesn't really feel rushed did it feel like he was out of ideas i mean you can argue that but i mean i think overall i mean there's not any other that i can think of military school centered slasher films like that i mean really so do we I think have it's anything cool. real quick do we have anything like 
and I can look it up if you want me to. Do we Brad Dorf commenting on this movie at all somewhere? I can look it up. Um But yeah, I like the movie overall. I think it's it's a harmless sequel. I don't think it's Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's <laughs> I don't think it's detrimental to anything. Part three? No. No. I don't think it's detrimental to the franchise. Is I don't think Return of the Jedi, is it Rambo three? Is it is it uh, Back to the Future three? No. Yeah. But is it is it fun? Yeah, I think it's fun. And I also find it very interesting. It's kind of morbid. It's like they were kind of trying to wrap him up like he was done for good because there was such a long time period between the two. Right. To the to the next film. Because you said I think the next film was what, ninety eight? Yeah. That's a long fucking time. Yeah, I don't know where to really assume the franchise is dead, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really see anywhere where he's... I'd probably look up a interview of it or something, but wouldn't be able to translate it anyway. <clears throat> but yeah, something we can definitely ask if he's coming around, which it looks like he might. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a harmless movie. You can not like it. I don't think it's that... I don't think it's that bad of a movie I've seen. Definitely seen worse. Um, but it's got a pretty okay pace to it, and Chucky's entertaining enough in the early, like, you know, in these first three movies that it's, he's fun to watch and figure out what the hell he's going to do. But of course it's definitely not as inventive. They kind of just stick a gun in his hand and he starts shooting kids, which is kind of funny, but it's also just, you know, it is definitely not the most ambitious Chucky film, but I think it's all right. You know, the ending scene for me is worth it. That's the one that always stuck out to me and why I love the film is the ending. <clears throat> Because they don't show Chucky or anything. He just explodes in that fan and then the movie's over. You know. They're like, this is it. Last movie. So. So does it make it feel rushed in that sense? Yeah, sure. So the movie was banned in in England. That's just weird. Yeah, for those killings, yeah. But yeah. I mean. Watch them while they're on Tubi, folks. Tubi's free. Always recommended here at Phantasm. It's been our best friend for years. It's always got the good stuff, even though you have to deal with ads every 10 seconds. It's still fun. Sometimes ads aren't that bad. But we fully endorse the app, so definitely use that. And uh, we thank you very much for watching and listening. And until next time, stay fucking gory. And you know something? I sort of enjoyed it. Phantasm.